0: Psalm 102, verse 12 through 17, these are God's words. But you, O Yahweh, shall endure forever, and the remembrance of your name to all generations. You will arise and have mercy on Zion, for the time to favor her, yes, the set time has come. For your servants take pleasure in her stones, and show favor to her dust. So the nations shall fear the name of Yahweh, and all the kings of the earth your glory, For Yahweh shall build up Zion, he shall appear in his glory, he shall regard the prayer of the destitute, and shall not despise their prayer. So far the reading of God's inspired and errant word. So, in verse 11, with which the first part of the psalm that we heard last week ended, he talks about the Shortness of his life uh, and how soon he will die. My days are like a shadow that lengthens, uh, and how brief all our lives are compared to the Lord's. And so we see, even by that, not just that uh, we are sinners who sinned and died in our first father Adam, that is where all our death comes from, but we see and are reminded that everything is about the Lord, about his glory and his purposes. And so he makes this comparison. But you, O Yahweh, shall endure forever and the remembrance of your name to all generations. Not just man's chief end, but everything's chief end is to glorify God. And so... He's been expressing this great grief, and we haven't even really heard what the occasion is, what the cause is, uh, for his grief. And it turns out, as we continue into the psalm, that his grief is over the low state of the church at the time. And this uh, love for the church, this desire for the church, is something that he recognizes has not come. From himself. So all things are for the Lord's glory, verse 12, and all uh, things then serve the Lord's purpose, verses 13 through 15. You will arise and have mercy on Zion for the time to favor her, yes, the set time has come. So he views history as it were from a distance, and he sees this time that is coming. When the set time arrives and the Lord arises and has mercy on Zion, he endures forever. He is not in distress over the low state of the church. Although we know that the low state of the church uh, is, in the anthropopathic way of of speaking, grieving to God. Uh, Anthropomorphic is when you Talk about God as if he has like arms and legs and hands and so forth. We know that he doesn't, but he created us with them so that we may understand something about him when he says his eye is upon something or he extends his hand to do something, etc. Anthropopathic is when we describe God as having emotions uh, which are not inherent to God, uh, but he created us with emotions so that we might understand something about him and the way he relates to various things. Uh, so yes, the low state of the church, anthropopathically speaking, grieves uh, the Lord, uh, but he is not like the psalmist uh, in despair and in agony. Uh, pain cannot be inflicted uh, upon uh, the living God, uh, and part of the reason is he endures forever and the remembrance of his name to all generations. He... Has always has been, always will be, and everything is going to be unto, uh, is unto his glory and works out unto that end. Um, and so he sees all of time as a peace, and the set time for restoring the people in whom he has decided to glorify himself, it's always right before him. Uh, and so as the psalmist prays and sings, the Spirit brings that future time before the psalmist's eyes. This is one of the blessings that we have in the public worship. Um, when we read and sing, pray God's Word, uh, that he brings before us uh, moments and actions that are yet future. and Everything to him is sort of an eternal present. It's always before him. But it's not always before us. And so he views, or he remembers, this future time that is coming in verse 13. And one of the ways that he knows it is because God's servants love Zion. Love his people. Zion, of course, being a city, but being more than a city, being a city that is emblematic of the people upon whom God has set his electing love. Love to whom he shows his saving favor, whom he will ultimately not just forgive and deliver, but sanctify and glorify. Uh, and so he, uh, the psalmist identifies that this love for Zion, this love for God's people, and since it is identified with the city at the time, they love even her stones. They love even her dirt. You know, we might think someone was uh, mentally ill or at least overwhelmed with emotion uh, if they arrived at a place and immediately, you know, sat down and started grabbing heaps of dust and dirt in their hands and telling the dirt how much they loved them. (sighs) But we must remember that uh, Zion here is not just a place. It is identified with the Lord. It is identified with his people. And the psalmist is recognizing that that love came by grace. It is a love that is put in God's people, in God's true people, in God's converted people, that reflects something that comes from the heart of God, uh, which does uh, ought to make each of us ask the question, why am I not more like that? Why don't I love God's people more than I do? And then we look to the Lord to give us the help of his Holy Spirit, that we would love him more, that we would love his people more. And as we do that, and as we remember that we are among those people whom he loves, and as we, in our moment of despair, uh, crying out agony over the low state of his people, we realize, oh, that love for the church that believers have, that comes from God. God. What little love we have for the church that causes us to agonize when it is in a low estate. That little love that we have from the church comes from God's infinite love for the church. Surely he will deliver. Surely he will raise her up. Surely he will hear her. Heal her. Surely he will build her. And so that is the Lord's priority indeed. This the deliverance of Zion this time of showing her mercy and favor as what brings all the nations to fear Yahweh. So the nations shall fear the name of Yahweh and all the kings of the earth, your glory for Yahweh shall build up Zion. He shall appear in his glory. And so you have not just the, the glory of Uh, of the Lord uh, as the purpose of all things, but the building up of the church uh, as the Lord's priority in all things. Uh, And then his uh, response to our prayers as how he pursues that priority. So he shall regard the prayer of the destitute and shall not despise their prayer. Uh, so god's glory is the purpose and the building up of the church is his priority and how he accomplishes that purpose of glorifying himself and hearing and answering our prayers is the mechanism uh by which he does that you know, we cannot provide uh strength or ability or goodness And so God gives us to provide something. He gives us to provide neediness (laughs) that we can provide (coughs) because it's not a thing, actually. But uh, his spirit gives us to express our neediness that corresponds to his priority and his purpose. And what a marvelous thing, then, that God works his glory in the restoration and building up of his church in response to the prayers of his people. We should be a praying people to whom God has given us such a privilege in his work, in history, and in redemption. Uh, So whenever he gives us to to agonize uh, in the way that we heard uh, very painfully, the first 11 verses last week, let us recognize an opportunity to pray for that set time that is coming. Uh, the Lord has already said it. Our prayers do not set the time. Our prayers do not bring the time. But he has ordained that the set time will come in response to our prayers. And so he gives us the privilege of participation in that way. And the Holy Spirit make us our whole lives long in this world to be those who pray for the building up of his church and his glory in it. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for this portion of your word. We thank you for planning to glorify yourself in the building up of your church. We thank you for planning to do this in response to our praying. O Lord, you have bestowed upon us a great privilege that we might participate this way. And yet, O Lord, we confess before you that we have often neglected to take up the privilege that you have bestowed upon us. And so we pray that from your infinite love for your church, you would give us, by your Spirit, more love of our own for your church, and that your Spirit, who stirs us up to this love, would stir us up to prayer as well. And then hear our prayers, O Lord, and grant that we would see the arrival of the set time, when mercy and favor are shown to Zion. Grant that we would be those who, as it were, love her very stones and her very dust, in the small sample of your infinite love. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm